everybody. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. That's James. We are here to talk to you about Star Wars, of course, specifically mm. some of the latest Star Wars news uh, out today. Now, news isn't really piping hot. There isn't a, a ton of stories, but some of the stories that we are going to talk about, um, some exciting, but some will also lead us to speculating on uh, what might be going on with a particular series. Uh, and of course, an upcoming movie fingers crossed uh but james how you doing buddy when you said the news isn't piping hot the literal first thing i thought of was going ah and you go what is it hot and i go no it's cold oh oh yeah. so, uh back, back to, to the future, future. yes yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the door handle of the DeLorean when einstein <laughs> yeah what, what, what is it hot is it hot it's cold ice cold yeah, yeah. um well i see you're rocking the uh the make solo to happen hoodie um, oh yeah. Who who knows what the future is, but uh, it seems like Alden Ehrenreich is getting a lot of cred for his creative filmmaking, and he's he's taking like an indie approach right now and like doing his own stuff, um, which I always feel like often leads to good results for somebody. So I I hope the best for him. I do hope we get to see him as Han again, but we're not here to talk about that, James. We're here to first of all thank everybody for being a part of TRB, listening to the show, watching the show, uh, however you take mm-hmm. in our podcast. You know, we're coming at you almost every week, rarely take breaks, Mondays, uh, Thursdays if you watch live, uh, also uh, Friday mornings on the audio for those episodes. Uh, Lacey will be back with us on Thursday, which uh, should be uh, her last episode before she takes a little bit of a break because she's uh, going to be having her second baby so uh big deal send, send all your well wishes to Lacey on social media at Lacey Gillerin. uh and a reminder last week last wednesday we were the guests on children of the watch and we did uh star wars tv series pitches so we we all threw our ideas out there including characters and uh potential actors stories when it takes place all that stuff so uh, check out Alex and Mac at Children of the Watch. Uh, great, great Star Wars podcast. We like how uh, they do what they do, and they uh, had us on, and we really appreciate that. So check out that episode from last Wednesday. It was a, uh, Star Wars series pitch battle royal, and it was a really good time. Um, now, as far as we go, uh, we are going to get things going with Will of the Force in a minute, but we do want to thank our patrons who support what we do here at TRB. Uh, if you're able to, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash resistance broadcast. And our tiers start at $5. Uh, they're different levels, uh, but we have a lot of exclusive content over there and a lot of cool stuff. So be sure to check that out. And if you're able to support us, um, keeps the light on in the base, keeps us going, keeps us growing. And thank you. Uh, James, what is the deal? Did you see that uh, Mark Hamill NASCAR commercial? Yes, I did. It kind of, it actually kind of reminded me of the uh, Survivor commercial that he did with. Um, um, now I can't oh, remember Uber, his name. Was that Uber Eats? Was that no, 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 no. It was Jedi Survivor. Oh, the video game. Oh, right, video game. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he with did Cameron it with Monaghan. Um, yeah, Monahan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that because it's Luke like being like, it, it's it's Mark Hamill sort of being Mark Hamill as if he had the Force years ago. I don't know. It's kind of this interesting sort of, 
you know, crossover. It's he's not playing Luke, but he's playing Mark Hamill, who believes or is teaching you how to use the force. You know, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, but I was I I was trying to figure out is it for NASCAR or is it for Columbia? And I was like, if it's for Columbia, can I? What am I buying? Can I buy the jumpsuit that he's wearing? So. I think Columbia is Instruction's like... Instruction's oh, not clear. Yeah, I think Columbia is co-sponsoring the uh, paint scheme on the car for Bubba Wallace for the final championship race. Um, I got Bubba you. Wallace isn't in the championship race, but he actually... <laughs> Wait, he, well, he No, I'm sorry. He's in the race, but he's not one of the final four. So he can still win the race. He can still win the money and all that stuff, but he's not going to be the season champion. So... Wow. What's interesting, though, is his car is actually owned by Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is a team owner, and that car is number 23. It's under that. So if you like like Michael Jordan and Star Wars like I do, it's like the perfect thing is you got the 23 car, and it's decked out like an X-Wing, and you had Obi-Wan on the dash. I thought that was really cool. It's always The helmet was cool. Yeah, the helmet looks cool. Uh, so I thought that was fun. It's always good to see Mark Hamill doing that, that kind of stuff still. Um, but... James, let's get into Will of the Force, uh, an abridged version because we also did it uh, on our last episode, uh, Thursday into Friday. So let's uh, knock a couple of ones out here today. All right. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. Love that guy. In this segment, we pitch questions and guess whether something will or will not happen in Star Wars. In addition to the questions that we write, TRB patron supporters patreon supporters uh can submit questions uh for the segment as well let's go ahead and get started with the first one which is going to come from patreon this time the submission was from general mike ramore hey mike mike sent us the question will we see more of the modern era of lucasfilm after the sale that's the new that's his benchmark there uh in season two of light of and magic which we well, no, is confirmed, or at least they filmed it. I don't know if we're getting it or not. They may do a, uh, <laughs> they won't, but you know, they may do like a uh, tax write-off, and we never see it aired or something. It'll <laughs> be awful. But John, what do you think? Is there any chance we're going to get the new era, the modern era of Lucasfilm in uh, season two? Um, it's a modern era of ILM, really. Um, that's tough to say. If it was someone who is not part of the original ILM group, I would say, yeah, probably because that's, it was sort of like a chronological thing. The first one. And I think it ended uh, right around when George was making the prequels. If I remember correctly, light and magic Jurassic park, that was Jurassic park was the end. So, so I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't forgetting something. And I lo- I went and looked at the last episode was called, um, stop acting like dinosaurs or you can't act like dinosaurs. But they, yeah, and they, they, they did talk about John Knoll though. And I think the Phantom Menace a little bit and how George Lucas was inspired by what they did in Jurassic Park to say, I can make my prequels. I think that's where they sort of ended it. I, yeah, I mean, that might be the case. I, I think it will still be old school because you have Joe Johnston, who was one of the original ILM guys in the first Star Wars and the Star Wars trilogy. And he comes across in interviews like not to say that he's not a fan of what's going on today or anything, but he's not involved with it. And if he came on to direct a second series, I can't imagine him having interest 
in something that's heavily the last 10 years. So I think it will say, and now it's passed on to the next generation and they'll talk about all the, you know, the current people at ILM who are more involved. But I still think you're going to get a lot of Star Wars prequel stuff in there uh, and a lot of things from 93 to 2012 when Lucas sold it. I think that'll be the main chunk of it. Uh, and then they will do it sort of like at the end, like his where, where we're at now uh, with ILM with, and it continues on with the sequel trilogy and blah, blah, blah. But because it's Joe Johnson, I think it's still going to be more of the old school um, old guard. Uh, that's my take though. What do you got, James? I a hundred percent back it. I, I, that's exactly the take that I was going to say that <clears throat> I feel like when I looked at it, it seemed like you might be right that they did have some stuff with the prequels and all that, but it seems to me like they're more likely going to do <clears throat> the the first season was a lot about the physical uh, props and things that they built. And the second season could take on the computer world and ILM saying like, now that we've entered yeah. this digital age, <clears throat> what does it look like when we're trying to do these things that have never been accomplished. It's the new era. And I feel like um, the good marking point is actually not from from the sale of Disney forward, but like that's the end. That's where they'll go up to uh, because it's very easy to say. Uh, and then and then there was this, the, and then everything changed. You know what I mean? We, the company was bought by somebody else and I was just watching. What was I just watching? Oh, Disney plus came out with new episodes of behind the attraction. And the first episode is pirates of the Caribbean. And they were like, how can we, they, they had multiple episodes about like when they brought it to uh, Tokyo, when they brought it to Paris and stuff, right. Or multiple sections as it, it built on. But then when they were doing Shanghai, they were like, how can we go crazy and do it completely different. And it was right at the same time that Disney bought Lucasfilm, which meant that Disney now owned ILM and they could use the assets of ILM and everything they had because they did all the special effects for pirates to, to recreate this crazy adventure. I don't know if you've ever seen the pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai, but it's nuts. It's no. like, Oh, you've never seen it. No. Is just go take a second and just go Google it. Like not right now, but like after the show or just look into it. It's nothing like the original ride. It's all, it's almost exclusively the movie. And there's like these projection walls and like you're on a whole thing. It's well, it's I don't like think our audience will mind if I put three minutes of dead air on here while I go watch the video of that ride. No, I'll, st I'll, I'll probably still talk about it. <laughs> you can even just whistle the theme for pirates while I go watch it. <laughs> yo ho, yo ho. Um, Really bad eggs. But, but no, I uh, to, just to get to the question, back to the focus, Mike, I think that uh, what we're both saying is that I think there's more stories to tell uh, beyond those original formative years of ILM, which felt like the original uh, or the first season was more focusing on. Yeah, if it was directed by Ryan Johnson, I'd be like, you know what? It might be more of... <laughs> It might be more the modern or JJ, you know, whoever. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying if it was someone who is more recently tied to ILM, it's modern era, then I would get that. But if Joe Johnston really points to me, the still the, uh, yeah. the older under George Lucas. Role. Oh, Light and Magic Season 3 directed by John Favreau. 
There you go. Boom. Sounds good. All right. We got another Will the Force question, and this one is, will Force ghosts physically visit Rey Skywalker in the next Star Wars movie? You went first on the last one, so I got to go first forced on this one. Um, I'm going to say, oh, gosh. I'm going to oh, it's so tough. Here's my dilemma, John. Here's my dilemma. Who's going to visit Rey? It's either going to be Ben or Luke or Carrie, but it's, you know, Leia, but that's not happening. I just, but you have to have force ghosts for it to be star Warsy, right? I'm going to say yes, but I don't know what they're going to do. What do you think? I'm going to say no. I think that's a, that's a smart choice. Well, and the reason I say that is because of like you, you you ran down the names. You said you know Luke, Ben, Leia, and the three things they have in common are they are Skywalkers. And I think in order to not do a sort of bait and switch on us as an audience, they have to stay true to letting those blood Skywalkers story really fully end at the end of Episode Nine. So that it's not like that's the last we saw of Luke. That's the end, the end for Luke Skywalker and blah blah. And then he pops up here for some reason to say what? So uh, beyond it being some kind of cameo, which I don't even know, based on recent comments he's made that Hamill would be interested because he's like enough Luke. He's like, yeah, what? So what about um, Adam Driver? Do you think that they that they could do? They're a dyad in the Force. Do you think Adam? Connected to Ray would I come could, back yeah, for may, yeah maybe I I just don't know I mean it's not like Adam Driver is like killing it right now in terms of like movies his movies making money but it that wouldn't surprise me that might be the only one but again that's you know if they were selling us on this whole conclusion of the Skywalker saga and I thought Ray taking on the name was the, really the only thing to carry over when it comes to the Skywalkers I would feel a little cheated. Um, but I don't know. I also feel like a force ghost Ben Solo showing up would actually upset people who want to see him again more than if he didn't show up because it's like, so that's it. You just bring him back to be a blue hazy thing for 30 seconds. It's like, so I think <laughs> they're best and Adam driver might be best to stay away from that. So I, I could be wrong. And honestly, it's probably more likely than not that they'll end up throwing some kind of force ghost in there. I'm just going to say no, because I can't wrap my head around anything that would make sense out of the Force Ghosts we think would visit Ray in a physical ghost realm. So, Yep. I mean, it's tough. I mean, like I said, I, <clears throat> I think they could do something with Adam if they wanted to. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how they could. That's a good poll, though. Make like, it. We in- put it up. Like, would you be upset? Oh, yeah. If Adam Driver returned in the next Star Wars movie, but just as a brief Force Ghost cameo. Like, I mean, we're in a world now where Anakin is showing up and hanging out with and talking to Ahsoka. Should I tweet it right now and by the end of this episode, (laughs) see what the results are? (laughs) Maybe you can put it on our Patreon or whatever. (laughs) I'll tweet it. Oh my gosh. Um, well, we can we can wrap that up and move on to resistance report. Um, 
You ready to do that? You want to do that? Let's do it. All right, let's go. It's the resistance. So there is a website for the Writers Guild of America that gives projects. It's a directory. It lets you know what's going on. It's sort of a um, uh, a, a library w- wiki site almost, you know, that's sort of information on what projects are happening. And if you look at the Acolyte right now, listed are all of the writers for each one of the episodes. And there's a lot of names, um, which to me personally, unfamiliar with the names. Um, I think John might even have more to say about what this could potentially mean. Um, but uh, <clears throat> the, just just to kick it off, uh, Leslie Headland, who show runs the show, is going to be writing that first episode. And that yeah. makes sense. It's going to set the tone for the rest of it. Uh, and then we had a myriad of other writers, including um, a couple or, or mostly actually pairs of people, multiple writers on single episodes. So it's kind of interesting. Um, when quickly, just very briefly talking before the show, I mentioned to John, I don't know personally what this does for me. I can't really think of like, you know, oh, that episode of The Mandalorian was written by, let alone do I even really feel like it was directed by so-and-so. Therefore, I could really dial in on their tone or their um, qualities that made that particularly special. Um even on the directing side, let alone the writing side, who wrote it, you know what I mean? I feel like... <clears throat> Almost, in my opinion, um, which is maybe a bad one, but like I can't really tell. I can't pull style out of the writing unless it's someone very, very critically acclaimed. Like, oh, who wrote this? And it's like, oh, Darren Aronofsky or something. You know what I mean? Something very specific Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, okay. Um, Now, I I mean, that seems obvious because of the way – they're so uh, different from everybody else or something along those lines. So I wanted to toss it to you to get us started on this. What do you pull from these names and and why is this maybe exciting or something to pay attention to if we're excited for the Acolyte? Well, you know, I'm not in the Star Wars reporting game anymore, so I'm a little rusty in certain respects. Did we know the Acolyte was only going to be eight episodes or is that also new information? I I didn't know this anyway, that it was only eight episodes. I... Because that's usually I, yeah, the I cannot, Favreau I Mando model, and this is not in the Mandoverse. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's a good point. Because, I mean, like, we feel, I feel, I was about to say, you you know, you got to think it's going to be eight episodes. But the thing is, is we only think that because Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka have all been eight episodes, and those all are within that thing. The two Mandor, which breaks the mold, 12. Yeah. Obi-Wan, which breaks the mold, six. So yeah. really, but it also could just be as like, there's, there's no, it's not a hidden formula. We're just, we just did eight episodes, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. So I actually have concerns. I, I don't mean to kick things off in a negative light here. I have some concerns about the writer's list for the Acolyte. So you brought it up. We, the showrunner, Leslie Headland, uh, I enjoyed Russian Doll uh, season one. Uh, she seems to be a very big Star Wars nerd, uh, so that's good. Um, so I think she will be good. I think she will write a good pilot to get things rolling. 
Where I get concerned are the other writers, which there are a lot. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned, pairs, but like Jason McAuliffe. And I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to any of them because they do, <laughs> they're writing for popular stuff. But so Jason McAuliffe, for example, is co-writing the second episode and he is also writing the sixth and the final episode by himself. Now, his main writing credits are the TV show Heathers, which came out in 2018, which was panned critically and by audiences. It's a, It was a remake, reboot of the uh, Winona Ryder movie from the 80s with Christian Slater. Uh, only 5.7 on IMDb. So across the board, it, it didn't do well uh, from a critical perspective and audience perspective. Um, beyond that, he wrote like a short here. And I think he had uh, an independent thing he did uh, 12 years ago that I never heard of called butter. So you have the person closing out your series by himself and writing three of the episodes, two of which were co-written with him by someone whose main credit is an unsuccessful TV show from five years ago. Makes me scratch the head a little bit. So we move on. Um, then we have, uh, Charmaine de Grate, de, de Grat. I don't know how, how to exactly say her name. I apologize. A little more, uh, credible here. We have, uh, a writer for house of the dragon, the game of Thrones spinoff, which was, uh, successful and, and, and acclaimed, uh, also the 100, uh, Daisy Jones and the six, which I know is a popular series with a lot of people that came out this year. So, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. That's good. So we had one good one. Uh, I'm not sure, but keep in mind, Jason, uh, Jason McAuliffe is writing the finale by himself. Kind of a big deal. Uh, then we move on to Jasmine uh, Flournoy, who is writing multiple episodes. Granted, they're going to be co-written. No actual writing credits. Uh, a writer's assistant for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier two years ago. Uh, also uh, served as a writer's production assistant on Heather's, uh, which I mentioned before, and a show called Truth Be Told. Another head scratcher. Um, so, I, I mean, I can go on Core, Adana, uh, Mr. Robot, an episode here and there of that. So, I guess what I'm getting, the point I'm getting to is Leslie Headland um, probably had a lot to do with picking these writers. Maybe it's people she knows or people she's looking to boost. My problem is it's Star Wars. It's a big, massive IP. Um, we can't be playing around too much. Now, granted, they might wind up writing amazing stuff. The show looks great. So I'm just going off of their resume. I'm not going off of what I think they're going to do in Acolyte or what I hope they do, or I hope they fail. It's nothing like that. I hope they succeed. But based on these resumes, I got to scratch my head the similar way to, I scratched my head that Charmino Bade Chinoy, who had never directed a movie, was picked to direct the next launching pad for Star Wars movies. So that's where I'm at. Um, now, again, I have to be clear. I hope they're successful. I hope they write great things. But the fact that the main writing credit of the person writing three of the episodes, including the finale by himself is the Heather's reboot from five years ago. 
uh, makes me a little, a little, a little, a little nervous. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. <clears throat> I was, I'm listening to that and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like they have a lot of notoriety. I was also trying to figure out maybe is there something where they're like working on writing and they're notable outside, like a lot of these people maybe outside of something like television, like they're not writing television, but they're writing like, <clears throat> like I, <laughs> this isn't the case, but like they're writing um, high Republic books, you know, or something like these are high Republic authors that are now getting their uh, option. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm looking here now on uh, Jason McAuliffe, the person who's writing three of the episodes. And I just found his Instagram and I went back and he posted back in 2016, uh, limited edition set of four star Wars Pendleton blankets arrived. So he's clearly a, a fan to some degree that in back in 2016, he was buying star Wars merch. Sure. Like blankets and stuff. I mean, that's not crazy, but it probably goes to show that like he's a star Wars fan and also he's a writer and he is now getting the opportunity to write star Wars. You know, maybe there's some, maybe there is something to that that we could look forward to. And it's not just, I mean, not that it's a bad thing, but like, I know cause we talk about it all the time, how it's a good thing. Like the Tony Gilroy's being like, I'm not a fan of star Wars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Bill Bird did a great job, not a fan of Star Wars. You right. know, it's not necessarily a, a good thing that someone is a fan, but just, you know, like just, I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've pulled up his Instagram, I'm flipping through and I found something Star Wars back in 2016. I'm like, okay, so, he, you know, to some degree, he's like buying merch, you know, that that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I obviously, I see your point. I just, I'm not entirely positive, like, you could have like the best writers in the world, you know, and you're still going to have people that are be like, who wrote the sequels? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you're always going to get star Wars criticism. And so I think like, I don't know if, um, if it's worth getting too deep into like, <laughs> yeah, but they're actually writing good stuff and people hate it. What if we actually get bad stuff then what are people going to say about the writing? And I'm like, but I also don't know if like people can really tell the difference between a good movie, a good story, good dialogue, you know, and, and they mix all that up and just be like, my friend said it sucked. And I say it sucks too. You know? So, so, yeah. Yeah. The only thing I'm thinking is like with Russian doll, she co-wrote the series with one other person. Um, she's the showrunner for this. I'm sure she's, heavily involved in it's a writer's room type of thing. Uh, she's looking to help people she knows and likes boost their career with a credit like this. Uh, but she, I'm sure she's heavily involved with the uh, Leslie Headland I'm talking about of the tailoring of this story and all that stuff. So I'm not saying they're flying blind, you know, the, especially the people that don't have any major writing credits. She's there as the showrunner, sort of like Favreau, you know, with Filoni and, and, and Rick and other names we weren't familiar with. Mando came out that are now sort of household names in our bubble. So I'm rooting for it to be good. It's just when I saw the names, I was like, all right, I don't know all the writers in the world. I could be missing some big time writers here. I look into it. and I was like, wow, really? And this one has right. no credits. This one has the one show that's not good. So it just made me a little nervous. I'm still 
I'm still expecting it to be a good show, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens when that comes out. But you know, rooting for it for sure. But uh, yeah. certainly out of the gate anyway, just based on resumes, uh, he- scratching my head a little bit. I'm also I'm also thinking that the the fact that it's like a mystery show and all that could very well cover up the writing to some degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, you're, if people get involved in the mystery, um, I was uh, no, like, that's a good show. I was watching. Uh, I I watch Seinfeld at night sometimes, just to like so, before bed, and I was watching the one where uh, they were pitching their series to NBC, and they're like, "George, what have you written?" And he's like, "Uh." I wrote a play off Broadway, off off Broadway. It's uh, it's called La Cocina, and he just like made it up. <laughs> like, I should just like, it'd be funny if you just made up this resume of all this stuff. Like, do people check that stuff? Like, people never check if you got your college degree when you list your college on your resume. Hmm. They don't check what your GPA was. Imagine you just like, yeah, I wrote six episodes of Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. They're like, sweet man, come on <laughs> in. <laughs> John, at this point, maybe you could be a, a Hollywood show writer. <laughs> I would talk. Oh, I would be dreadful. But all right, let's, let's move on to the next uh, uh, report here for the segment. Um, <clears throat> did the new Ray Skywalker movie title leak? That's the question. Uh, there is a rumor that's making it uh, its rounds right now um, that the possibility of the movie being titled. Get ready. You ready for this? This is it. A New Beginning, right? Um, that would be the subtitle of Ray's next Star Wars movie. Um, you look into this. Do, do you think that there's any validity to this um, rumor, like where it comes from, or, or like that this far in advance we would have a title? What do you think? Um, I don't think this is real. I think, but I love it because we're we're entering that era of ridiculous things being tossed mm-hmm. out about Star Wars movies. So I love that part because that's always fun. I The title's horrible. So I, I hope it's not. like It's the most uninspired, lazy subtitle you could have for a new Star Wars movie. Like A New Beginning. Imagine having to refer to that movie as A New Beginning. The way we say like Return of the Jedi <laughs> yeah, or The Phantom yeah, yeah. Menace. Be like, you remember when A New Beginning came out? Or like... My favorite scene in A New Beginning, it's like, I hate that. I, don't, I already hate it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think so, about that. I was like, I don't know that it's awful, but when you phrase it like that, I'm like, yeah, that's really annoying. Yeah. And I don't even like, like saying what? TFA because it sounds like Tina Fey. I know. <laughs> right. And it's like, yeah, be like, oh, man, that opening scene of A&B is just so good. <laughs> A&B. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. I, I and I know Star Wars titles are mostly pretty pulpy and on purpose, uh, you know, throwbacks uh, to stuff from George Lucas's youth, and I get that. Like the Empire Strikes Back, and like I love that, but a new beginning doesn't have anything that makes me understand that it could be a Star Wars thing. Whereas everything else, uh, pretty much does. You know, Sith clones. Phantom Even Menace. if it was stereotype like a Dawn of the Jedi or something like that. Awful. Like still, Anything with Dawn in I, it. I get yeah. it, but also yeah. I, wouldn't you rather be like, <clears throat> well, when we back in the day when Dawn was released, you know what I mean? I feel like that sounds better than me saying New Beginning was released. They'd be like, is he saying Dune? Is he talking yeah. about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Dawn of Justice? <clears throat> Which, did Dawn you see of- the new trailer? Not yet. No, I gotta see that. I'm not the biggest uh, Apes guy, but... 
Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I don't think this is real. I saw the I saw Star Wars Newsnet said they have sources saying that it's not real. Um, I think also think it's too early to have a title. Um, or, or at least one that would be revealed. And the only person that should know the title right now is uh, the writer. And yeah. so if, if he's not putting it out, I mean, who, who would he know that knows somebody to, to leak that? It just seems way too early in the mix to even think about getting a title out for this movie because a lot can change with it. So if Stephen Knight isn't walking around just dropping that title... Uh, and if I was him, I wouldn't be because it, it, it's just very bland and uninspired. And it's just like it's worse than uh, what was what, what do people think it's called? New Jedi Order or something like that. Like that would be mm. bad, too. I just anything that that comes to the tip of your tongue that everybody's talking about is not a good title. It has to be something that, you know, say what you want about the Rise of Skywalker. But when we were at Celebration and the word star and war separated and that title faded and we were all like what does that mean it just like did something to us whereas if they did that and the star wars letters open up at the end of the first teaser and it says a new beginning we'd be like (laughs) ah at least i would so i'm i'm I, i don't think this is real i hope it's not real and uh we'll get that title when we get that first teaser in like two years I hear, you know, I, it's funny. I was sitting there and I, I'm hearing exactly what you're saying, but also it's not that far different than A New Hope. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't think A New Hope's all that great either, but yeah. Um, but uh, that also points to the fact that, like, um, like you would, I would never want my Star Wars movie to be called uh, Attack of the Blank because it would be too close to Attack of the Clones, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. So I think at best, at best, if there is any shred of truth to this being a name, I think this is a a thing that they write down just to clarify what they're even working on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if I if I was Stephen Knight and I'm writing this thing and I've got a a document on my computer where I'm like Star Wars movie project, I don't know, a new beginning, you know, or something like that. And if it ever leaked or anything like that, that's not the title. But like, you know, what what's here, you know, whatever. I just it's it's working at best, but I really just don't even believe there's any validity to it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We've heard so many things like, oh, episode nine is going to be called balance of the force. And it's like you got that from a a ping, a pinball table. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Lucasfilm registered it. It doesn't it literally does not mean that's the name of the movie, you know? Yeah. Yep. The Ancient Fear, I believe, was the rumored oh, title right. of yeah. episode seven, I think. yeah. Everybody's like, the title of the next movie will be called Blue Harvest. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Trixie. Right, uh, <clears throat> we got another one here. Uh, new trailer for the Timeless Heroes, Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford, streaming December 1st on Disney+. Plus. Not technically Star Wars related, but one thing that I wanted to say about this is I thought it was very interesting how much they leaned into the fact that Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones, but yet there's clear it clearly seems like a story about him and his um, – <clears throat> sorry, his ability or his uh, – time getting into acting and how his life changed as he became an actor. And I'm like, that didn't start with Indiana Jones. It started with Han Solo. Why are they leaning so much on the Indiana Jones aspect of it? But maybe you'll give me a little bit of insight. All, all 
that to say, cool. It looks like I. Uh, it looks like uh, light and magic for Harrison Ford. Neat. I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, well, when you think of Star Wars, who do you think of? Well, okay. Is the point that you maybe Han's not your first go-to? answer the question? To me, <laughs> I guess when you say Star Wars, I probably think of Luke Skywalker. Is that the point? And when you think of Indiana Jones, who do you think of? You think of Harrison Ford. Yeah. But, but I, I have, I had a thing. I've told you guys about this where I, I go around to parties and I say, I'm going to say an actor's name and I want you to tell me the first role that you think of. Mm-hmm. And I say Harrison Ford and I get 50% Indiana Jones, 50% Han Solo. But then the, I, I know that math doesn't add up, but like, <laughs> uh, but then I get occasionally will get the president of the United States. So it's like, those are like his three ones that people go to immediately. And yet That's this seemed like it was like 85% well, Indiana Jones. And I was like, really? Like it, Han Solo not in this at all? Really? So I think this is more, I mean, this isn't a Star Wars thing. This is more of um, a Disney thing, Indiana Jones thing, Harrison Ford thing. But because he is that brand. I mean, I know Sean Patrick Flannery and Joaquin Phoenix played younger versions of Indiana Jones. But like uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge says in this trailer, like he is Indiana Jones. He's the only and one. she wouldn't can... be able to say he is Han Solo because right. Disney is very proud of another Han Solo that they right. have. Right, and, and, and yeah. it's not to say, you know, that she doesn't know that Sean Patrick Flannery did the young Indiana Jones or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, like, he's he just so tied to that as the lead and the hero of Indiana Jones and everything, where Han Solo is a supporting character. Indiana Jones is the character. He's literally yeah. the title character. But what I liked about this trailer is it's more of Harrison Ford opening up uh, being more candid, being more real, less guarded, less goofy. Uh, I think he's really ret- reached a point where he's finally retrospective about his career. When throughout his career, he was always, what's next? I'm working. That stuff's the past. What's next for me? I think now he he's not done because he's still doing a lot of work. But I think he is appreciating things more and... Uh, and being more retrospective, at least from what I've seen in interviews. And this carries that tone. So I'm very excited to see this, obviously, December 1st. You know, Merry Christmas to me uh, and all fans of Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, what have you. Because I think this is going to be something special that they didn't have to make. Uh, And I think it's going to give people a different perspective on Harrison Ford, the person. Uh, Sort of like, which I'll recommend, his interview he did with Conan O'Brien on Conan O'Brien uh, needs a friend, his podcast. Mm-hmm. He's just so real on there. And I love what Conan got out of him. And I think we're going to get more of that here. Uh, so you're going to get your bells and whistles of Indiana Jones and you're going to hear the indie theme and uh, all that nostalgia and stuff. But I'm looking forward to the stuff I don't know, which is, you know, hearing Harrison Ford's own words about his career and life and stuff. And this is going to be such a treat. I'm really excited for it. And I can't wait. Uh, this this teaser definitely got me excited. I think 
Oh yeah, I I definitely am gonna watch it. I'm excited for it. Like I said, I don't want to I don't want to harp on it or whatever. But like I was when it first started, I was like, what is this? What am I watching? You know, and it and it starts off with a lot of Indiana Jones stuff, and I was like, oh okay, so this is like Indiana Jones is coming to Disney Plus. You know, Indiana Five, and um, they're doing this thing, and it's like Harrison Ford and what Her- Indiana Jones means to him. And then I'm like, no, it's it seems like it's it's more just about like Harrison Ford, the actor and like his entry into Hollywood. And I was, and then they showed a couple of Han Solo just like quick and stuff. And I'm like, you would think <laughs> that that would be a big part of this. And it probably, it is, maybe it is in the show. Maybe they do a whole episode on like his, his break is like getting that offer to be from going from a carpenter to playing this character, you know? Or like George I, Lucas is like uh, the um, what's the one he did before? <clears throat> it's going to be episodic. I think this is going to be a documentary, a one-shot deal. It says original documentary, and because it's titled "Timeless Heroes: Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford," I think they're just sort of going to do that juxtaposition of yeah. the, the cinematic hero character and our hero, the actor. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's that's sort of what they're going with here. Um, but yeah, I. I'm so glad that they did it because they could have just not done it. And you know, when you see stuff like that, it just it's a bonus and it's just we're we're lucky to get it. The Harrison Ford could have been like, I'm not doing that. Why would I do that? But mm-hmm. it's so cool that they did because now we have that forever and we could pass it on to, you know, our kids if they get into these movies. And I love preserving that and getting the perspective from the actual people. Uh, so we're not playing telephone in decades from now on, you know, this is what happened. It's like, no, watch Harrison Ford tell you. Love it. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that are sort of a bonus, because <clears throat> we didn't have it and now we have it and we can pass it on to our generation, uh, to, to the next generation. And it's just kind of cool that it didn't exist, but they made it. <laughs> Kane and Jairus' lightsaber. Yes. As big as Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford. <laughs> Kane and Jairus' lightsaber is now available at the Disney parks at, at um, Galaxy's Edge. And um, <clears throat> I think it's neat. But. I, I don't really follow this stuff, so I'm kind of assuming a little bit here, but I'm assuming that they put up a poll and they said, what would you like to see? And everybody clicked on Kane and Jairus because he's got a cool lightsaber because it detaches and snaps back together. And then they go, awesome, we'll make it. And they make it and it doesn't detach. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like there's a part of me that goes... Oh, that's not why I voted for it. I wanted to buy the one that is that detaches and you put it on two belts and you snap it together so you could almost hide the fact that it's a um a lightsaber. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So, they made so, it and it's one piece. So hmm. or at least my understanding it's one piece. I don't see any photos of it. It's not in the video, and I tried looking up other photos. It doesn't look like it comes apart. I wonder how difficult that is to do electronically to have two pieces or something like that. I don't know the logistics there or the cost, but, and you know, who knows if they do the, have they done the black series, uh, force effects version of Canaan's yet? Is this the first Canaan lightsaber? I don't know. Um, would you get that if you didn't have the one you already bought your own, would you, would that entertain you as, you know, he's your favorite character? let alone favorite Jedi. 
I mean, yeah, that's true. Like, I, I, I still think the reason I did the one is because I wanted the experience of being able to go in the room. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I still think I, I sort of come down to I, I totally understand why they wouldn't be able to make the thing take take apart. But I feel like if you're going to put it up to your fans and say, what lightsaber do you want? They're thinking about like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could buy Kanan's lightsaber? You know, yeah. that's yeah. cool. And then they, they're not like, and so they click on it because they're like, yeah, make that one. That's sweet. But like when you actually think about like the logistics, I don't think people are like filling out that poll thinking like, well, they wouldn't be able to make the mechanics work. It's probably just going to be one piece. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I feel like it's a like slightly misleading, but at the same time, like, I don't know how upfront they are. I don't know if this just was announced as if, um, or if they said like, Hey, we think we're going to do Kanan's lightsaber. It's going to be all one piece. Are we all cool with that? I, I don't know. I really don't know what the logistics of it are. I just know that every once in a while they pop in with new ones that are like, here's Ahsoka's lightsabers. You and know, how about this? Here's Mara Jade's lightsaber, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's cool that they're doing it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, because Kanan is um, a great character, but not known by enough fans. So the fact that they're still they're doing it is one of those times where I'm like, I'm glad they listened to the diehard fans for this. Um, sometimes I don't like when they when they do that because I think they do have misfires. But I think this is a good one. I think this is a good one, and I wonder maybe they, maybe they can convince Freddie Prince to do a, a quick promo for it or something, but. Um, oh, that would that would be neat. Um, I'm trying to think. Every available legacy lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge. <clears throat> um, do, 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 do. There are, let's see, Ahsoka. Um, and then you could get <clears throat> Ahsoka's Curved Hilts, the Clone Wars ones, Training Galactic Star Cruiser Saber, Limited edition Cal Kestis, Cal Kestis, Asajj Ventress refocused, Asajj Ventress regular. Jedi Temple Guards, Leia Organa, Ray Skywalker from Rise of Skywalker, Ray from Force Awakens, Darth Maul, Obi-Wan, um, and, and, and uh, actually three Obi-Wan versions. Ben Solos, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kylo Ren's, Mace Windu's, Shadow Maul, Count Two. Uh, Count Dooku's one is a Jedi, one is Darth Tyrannus. Um, Darth Vader, two Darth Vaders, a reforged Skywalker one, uh, Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, and the Skywalker box set. I mean, those are all of them. Is this cheaper than the normal ones? Because it says the Canaan one is 170 bucks at the park. Is that is that right around like actually it looks like there might be because i see yoda here i see ezra i see qui-gon those are 2023 sabers so i'm not sure what hmm. was your question it's priced at 170 bucks the canon lightsaber is that is that around what these things are going for yeah yeah i have all the prices here we'll list them for them too cheapest one i see is 149 dollars, and that's ray's force awakens so the no 139 uh, Asajj Ventress, the Ray the Force Temple Awakens. Guard. So basically, Anakin's lightsaber, 100, 149. Yeah. What about Ray's uh, Ray's lightsaber, like hers? One fifty nine. Interesting. What's the most expensive one? 
Um, well, Ahsoka Tana's double box set, that's 400. All right, so we'll the, any one of the box sets are like 375. Single bladed lightsaber price here. Um, da, 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 da. looks like one. Oh, there's a ooh, there's a Mace Windu set that's 249. What do you mean? It says set? it has keystones, cloth ears, tattooing, traders. That's the location to get it, but I don't know what's in the set. But it's a but I would think it's like Mace Windu's lightsaber <clears throat> 249. There's an Obi-Wan Kenobi limited edition box set that's 550. But it, it looks to me like the range is 139 and 169, really. So it's just um, a matter of like 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there. <clears throat> well, yeah, both of the Ahsokas are, are I'm, expensive, though. Both of them are. One's 229 and the other one's 249. Well, now they, together, they sell, only sell the one. That's what true. happened in the show. Um, no, that's cool. That's cool about the Kanan Jarrah's thing. I, I do like seeing that. Um, I hope we see more of that type of stuff and we'll see what uh, Hasbro does if they follow suit because sort of like um, the reason why I brought up the Ray lightsaber, the one she made, I believe they started Disney Parks and then eventually Hasbro caught up. Um, there's been debate on which one's more intricate, more accurate, better, um, but this is cool nonetheless. Uh for Kanan fans uh, or just people who like lightsabers. Maybe there's people who like all of them. Who knows? But it looks mm-hmm. cool. Uh, I always like that hilt. It looks pretty cool in a actual physical object. Um, so uh, it's interesting. I wonder where they go from here. Um, because then I now do they know have- that the site, <clears throat> the site that I'm looking at has a lightsaber wish list and it has Kit Fisto and Quinlan Voss and the Grand Inquisitor on there. But Kane and Jarrus is on the bottom. So one of their wish list ones did come true. I they did say something about we heard the fans. So it Yeah. Something to something to that effect. But I think it was fair. a poll. Cool. I, that's what I would imagine. You might have been. What do you want the next one to be? And you could <clears throat> if you give them five hundred dollars now, you can vote in the poll. <laughs> yeah. Um speak and speaking of polls. Uh, let's check out the result of the poll I posted before. <laughs> he did uh, do it. <laughs> uh, He's see. pulling it up. I'm pulling, pulling it up. up. Here we, we got? got the poll results coming. The poll, just as, as a reminder, at the top of this show, I set a 45-minute timer on this poll. It has 11 minutes left. And the question was, this is from TRB Podcasts, our podcast account. Would you be happy if Adam Driver returned as Ben Solo in the next Star Wars movie, but only in a brief cameo as a Force ghost? James, I'm going to say any guess. Seventy percent yes. No. No. Sixty-eight point four percent yes. <laughs> you were over. I apologize. Whatever. We'll see you in the showcase showdown where you can spin the wheel. Uh, no. Yes, yeah, so- man. I was dead on. You looked, didn't you? No, I, All right. no, I believe you. I, I believe you. Promise. So 68.4%. Uh, yes, they would be happy. 31.6%. No, I'm actually surprised by those results. And granted, it's only been up for 40 minutes. So a lot could can change. But I wanted to do a short, quick poll just to see. Well, it hasn't hit those Twitter accounts yet. You know, It hasn't hit those, but it's going to be expired in 10 minutes anyway. But <laughs> I 
find it interesting that at least two thirds of people who at least responded to this, so listeners of ours or whatever, uh, said yes, they'd be happy with that. So interesting. Are you surprised? You guessed well, it. I mean, oh, I, I don't know if you guessed it based <clears throat> on your thoughts or or what. The 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 interesting thing for that poll is I would be interested to see what happens when it hits those accounts because when you're talking about the Adam Driver, Kylo Ren, Ben Solo like uh, <clears throat> fanatics, you know, like we really love that character. I'm interested to see where they would go with, <clears throat> excuse me, the two angles of that. Like, yes, 100% bring him back at all costs. You know what I mean? Do anything to bring him back. I will love it. I will buy it. I will, you know, or is it like, no, we hate you. You're just making fun of us at this point. Either bring him back totally or I don't ever want to see him. You know, like, mm. like I feel like the, the extreme Ben Solo fan base could still be divided on that poll. Yeah, I agree. I, my thought was that it would be actually more no um, because there's the group of fans who don't care to see their character again. There's a group of fans who like the character but feel like his story is done. <laughs> there is the group of fans who love him so much that would, would feel annoyed that that's all they brought him back for. So I thought all those things were going to be pile on to he's not uh, – that's not interesting to us. But it turns out, at least for that poll, it's not the case, man. We can revisit in the future, but very interesting. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I don't know that I would like that, but – I'd be happy for fans. I know some people probably don't believe me when I say that because just all the Raylo stuff that happened this, years ago. But yeah. it's like I I would be happy if, if people were happy to see him back. And I don't think it would necessarily hurt anything. But, but here, I don't know if he would me out. I It always depends. I think <clears throat> I'd like to see it if it's done well. And that's always the case. I think if you were to put up a poll that were to say – hey, we all know that Harrison Ford is not a Force user and he died in The Force Awakens, but would you like to see him brought back in some way, shape, or form in The Rise of Skywalker so that he could communicate with his son? You know, it's like, what a dumb idea that, like, no, no, that's so, it's let the character be dead, the character's dead, and yet when they actually do it, you're like, I'm so glad that scene happened, (laughs) you know? It's like I, I think somehow it just depends on how they use it. And if they use it right and he's there and they have this moment and he disappears back into the force and it, it's like it could be good. You just have to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to be like, can Ray kiss a ghost? And then I'll be like, <laughs> then Patrick Swayze can't. rolls in with Demi Moore and we do that whole thing. We don't. Uh, we, we don't know how pregnancy works in Star Wars. It could like happen. We don't know. Yeah. Um, all, right. all right. So that's that's that. Um, anything else on that, or anything else? Uh, well, we have another minute or so here, James. Um, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. Do you have a? <clears throat> do you have a lightsaber that you would like? Is it or is it just you're just gonna kind of default on the like Anakin Darth I, Vader? I have the of. Vader one uh, that yeah. I've had since 2006, I think. Uh, I got it. Someone got it for me for my birthday. 
Um, I don't have any others. I'm not the hugest collector. I would probably get another to pair with that and display it, whether it's the Luke Return of the Jedi Green or um, the Anakin Saber that Luke used because Empire is my favorite movie. But I don't. I can't think of any that hasn't been made that I'd want made. I don't know. It's it's tough. All right, to I'm gonna I'm gonna narrow you down even more. I'm okay. gonna say <clears throat> you are getting a lightsaber for free. You're getting one. It's just going to show up in the mail. You get to Excellent. own it. Excellent. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It can't be from anything live action. So then, you got to go, you got to go Fallen Order or Rebels. Oh, I got or, it. What do you Here got? we go. Ready? Anakin Skywalker <laughs> and the Clone <laughs> Wars, which is the same lightsaber Luke uses in Empire Strikes Back. But it, but because it was in live action, you can't do it. Oh, I see. Um, oh, okay. Ezra's lightsaber blaster combo. Okay. Okay. I'll, yeah, that's a solid answer. That'd be fun. I just wanted something maybe a little bit different than like a standard Pew Pew, Vader, Wong Wong. Yeah. Yeah. His is a good one. I think um, it's kind of hard because I, I, <laughs> I partially want to say like an Inquisitor saber because I'm like, come on, that's Rebels. But like has technically shown up in live action, so you can't say it now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, man. Um, Yaddles. No, you you know what you know what would be a a, a deep cut. Um, <clears throat> I and I actually can't think of his name. Um, off the top of my head, I'm so bad at this. Um, a deep cut. Qui Gon Jinn yeah. at the end of uh, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> no, yeah, there you go. The um, <laughs> the Eye of the Storm. Um. Uh, um his uh saber uh the the oh my gosh so many people are screaming it's from the the high republic it's the villain that was just uh, yeah Monroe? yeah that's him yeah that would be a cool one because um his is like um <clears throat> this like yellow crazy one i don't know this is it's a it's a cool concept, and I like the idea of when a non force user is using a lightsaber. So there's kind of something special to it. It's like it's not just the weapon you're assigned; it's sort of like the weapon of choice. There's like a little extra coolness to it. Uh, all right. Well, we never Our know what could Yeah. Um, all right, man. Uh, good chats. I want. I want to hear what everyone thinks about the acolyte writers, the Ray movie rumor, everything we talked about that Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones documentary coming out, Kanan's lightsaber, other lightsabers and the Ben Solo force ghost thoughts. So a lot for people to give us feedback on. Uh, But before we get out of here, uh, we talked about Patreon at the top. We need to give a special shout out to our generals and spice runners. Uh, General Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Ronde, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny Micromori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, Diana, and Dave Hornack. And the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian. All of our patrons, all of our listeners, everybody, thank you so much for uh, making this still fun after all these years. Uh, still fun no matter how the state of Star Wars is we're having a good time whether you listen watch or patron whatever thanks for being a part of TRB the base is open to everybody so tell your friends and uh, let's have some more fun 
for uh, don't forget Lacey at Lacey Gilran on social media. Hit her up. Wish her luck as baby number two is on the way for her. Uh, for me at Johnny Hoey on social media and my movie podcast, just like the movies, uh, we will be doing um, Manhunter should be out tomorrow. If you're familiar with that, uh, Hannibal Lecter before Anthony Hopkins. Um, James, how about you? Um, you can find me on all social media at Myra Trunks. And uh, I don't know if you have your phone on you or not, but I sent you a picture of Martian Rose lightsaber. Oh, let's take a look. Let's take a take little a gander quick here. peek at that. that let's see how thing. cool this is. Oh, wow. Is he holding that down? Not pretty wild. It's a cool lightsaber. Yeah, that it's funny because his hilt looks as long as Maul's double-bladed lightsaber. Kind of, yeah. Bladed, I'm not yeah. really sure what the details are because I've, I've, you know, not been paying as close of attention to the character. But I remember really liking him, and I remember when he was revealed to have the lightsaber and all that. I was like, man, it's so cool because <clears throat> it goes back to a character that doesn't has have any force powers, but they use that lightsaber as their weapon of choice. It's, it's yeah, I neat thing. And that character does look like a cool villain from like an 80s Saturday cartoon or something. Like he, he looks cool for sure. Like I'd like um, to have his helmet too. You know what yeah. I mean? Or like see a cosplay of it. I mean, all of it. Together. Has he been he, unmasked yet? Is that a yes. thing? Oh, yeah. he has. What does he look like? Is he alien or human? I actually think it's one of those things where like he's he's alien, but he's um like human like. You know what I mean? He has like oh loose yeah, skin. but like you pull it off and you're like. Oh, it's like an an attractive alien. You know what I mean? Like he's it almost has that like Lucifer kind of vibe of like. Oh, I'm really looking at evil. him now. Yeah, he yeah. he looks like Nightcrawler. <clears throat> yeah, kind of like yeah, he looks like a person, but it's obviously like a dark skin. Yeah, he's got earrings. He looks a lot like Nightcrawler from X Men. Um, cool. But he's a good, right. He's honestly he's a good villain, man. I wish that I wish that something like that existed. He's he's almost like a new Thrawn. Like it's like at the and time. He's blue. Yeah, it's yeah. In or you gotta be blue, man. You gotta be, you blue. Gotta be blue. Uh I honestly find him interesting. I mean, haven't I'll be honest though, I haven't gotten into the High Republic at all. It's been tough. And I yeah, people know me. I don't when it comes to canon Star Wars, I don't really read my Star Wars. I'll read the reference books and stuff like that. But anyway, we are wrapping this show up, James. A good time. As always, uh, we'll be back with everybody on Thursday night, TRB Live. So uh, have a wonderful week, everybody. And we will see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.